Good to be back this evening. Appreciate everyone's attendance. Those of you who know me well probably already have turned to the book of 1 Peter because you know that's where I'm going to be because I'm like a dog with a bone. And when I can't get through with something, well, I keep coming back to it. And I keep coming back to 1 Peter because I keep finding things that are fascinating to me. If you begin in the first chapter of 1 Peter, as you're reading down through that chapter, by the time you get down to verse 10, you've found several things that are blessings that are enjoyed by those of us who are Christians, by those who are considered by the Bible to be the elect of God. The first thing we notice is in verse 3 that we are born again to a lively hope when the Bible says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. If you remember, in our last study, we talked about an unspeakable or an unexplainable joy uh, full of glory. And the fact that we're the elect of God and that we have this hope that is not just a hope, it's a living hope. You know, I can hope, and I think Charlene's asked me this question before, have you got a rich uncle that's going to leave us a lot of money? All my uncles are dead. So I can hope for that, but it's not going to be realized because there's not a chance in the world. But there's a chance in the world that our hope in Jesus Christ is a living hope. And we understand that that hope is going to someday be realized. And what a blessing that is. Peter goes on in, that, in this chapter and he talks about an incorruptible inheritance. We understand that reward. He talks about it being reserved in heaven. He speaks of the needed or needful salvation that all of mankind has. He speaks of the hope that in times of heaviness and temptation, that salvation is the only thing that's going to get us through. It's the only thing that's going to help us overcome the cares of the world. He talks about the trying of our faith being more precious than gold. Even more precious than gold. And he talks about our faith being the one thing that gets us through to the judgment day. As I said earlier in verse 8, he speaks of that unspeakable joy, full of glory. What a wonderful tool to have to get us through the cares of this life. And then as we continue on into verse 10 and 12, we find Peter expands a bit on this topic of salvation. The salvation that Christians have access to and enjoy because of their faith. And if you take the time to consider what is found in this passage, verses 10 through 12, I think you'll begin to be impressed with how privileged we are today. And when I say we're privileged, I don't say that from a point of pride. I hope it's a, a privilege that we have humility in and a privilege that we realize how blessed we are and we take that privilege and we try to use it for the furtherance of the kingdom. We also learn that we're the recipients of the gospel. 
a gospel that God has given to us. But he didn't just give it to us. God wanted his creation, mankind, to be the one to spread that gospel to other people. And down through the ages, people have done that exact thing. So that gospel that is so important to us, so near and dear to us, was prophesied by, spoken about, and has come to us through the efforts of some really distinguished names in the Bible. Have you ever thought about that? So I ask you a question today. Who has ministered to you? Now maybe your mind immediately goes to a parent or a grandparent or a dear friend of yours that might have spoke to you about the word of God and convinced you to become a Christian. Maybe parents or grandparents that led you in the right way and all of those are blessings. Don't get me wrong. They're wonderful blessings. But I'm asking you a question that Peter is going to address here in just a moment. Who has ministered to you? You know, there have been great efforts made on behalf of the gospel. And you say, who? And that's what I want to talk to you about a little bit this evening. It's what I want you to understand, that through efforts of people that you didn't even know, people that lived a long time before you were even born, the gospel and the knowledge of how we ought to follow God's word was brought to us. It was given to us. So let's consider this for a little bit. Usually when people make this statement, and Brother Britt made this statement here just a little while back, and it's understandable. People say, if you don't get anything else out of this out of this topic this evening, I want you to get this one thing. You remember saying that, Britt? Usually you do that at the end of a end of a study. I'm doing it at the beginning today. Because I, what I want you to get out of this topic this evening, we have in the beginning. In the first Peter, the first chapter and twelfth verse, Peter here is putting himself in a seat that we should put ourselves in. And he's reflecting back over the ages. And he's looking back over the the heroes of faith through time. And he's reflecting on those people. And that's what we need to do as well. In verse 12, Peter says, And to whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us, they did minister. Now you think about that for a minute. There have been people back through the times that were doing things that weren't for their benefit. They were doing them because God wanted them to do them. They were being obedient to God. But they weren't doing things. They weren't spreading these words because it was going to be, benefit them. They were going to be long dead before the church came into being. They were never going to see those promises that Jesus would make. They were not, never going to see that salvation for remission of sins through baptism. It wasn't going to exist in their lifetime. And yet Peter says that they ministered not unto themselves, but unto us. And he's including you and me in that us. That's the seat we ought to be sitting in today. As we reflect today, we might include Peter 
as being one of those who did minister. But he was including them all. Now to illustrate just how privileged we are, I want to identify a few of these groups, a few of these people. And the first one I want to talk about is the prophets. The Bible says in uh, 1 Peter 1, they're beginning in verse 10 through 11. They're backing up two verses there. Peter begins to, to speak about what he's leading up to there in verse 12. And he says, Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, you. Today, that's me and you. Verse 11 Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was, was in them did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. These prophets, the Bible says, have inquired and searched diligently for the pro who prophesied of the grace that should come to you. Brother Sean, have you ever tried to explain something to someone that you didn't fully understand? Not, not, a fun, not a fun position to be in. Nobody likes to do that. And yet that's kind of the exact position the prophets were in. Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was, come, which was in them did signify. What is this talking about? Don't you know they wanted to understand what was going on? What was being taught? When it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. It wasn't for them. And yet they treated it as the best they could. They spread that word with all their might. Sometimes they gave up their lives for that. Knowing that they didn't fully comprehend, fully understand what was going on. <clears throat> That's the main thought of this passage here in 1 Peter 1, 10 and 11. When the prophets prophesied, a lot of times they were fascinated by what they revealed. They had the words, they just didn't always have the understanding. It was for you. It was for you. They did it because they were inspired or moved by the Holy Spirit, not their own will. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 21, the Bible says, For the prophecy came not in old time, but by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost gave them these things to speak, and they spoke them. They carried them throughout the land with all their might. So it's not uh, confusing to us that oftentimes uh, they were confused by these things, and they wanted to understand these things better. Let's go all the way back to the book of Daniel. In Daniel chapter 7, Daniel had a vision, and this vision is basically a parallel to Nebuchadnezzar's dream. 
In Nebuchadnezzar's dream, the, the uh, empires of the Babylonian Empire, Medo-Persian Empire, the Greek and the Roman Empires were exemplified by different metals in Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Well, in Daniel's vision here, these same empires are denoted by different beasts, four different beasts. But it was a very much a parallel of that dream that he interpreted for Nebuchadnezzar. So Daniel has had this vision himself now, and certain things have been explained to him, and certain things have not been explained to him. But I want you to notice here what Daniel said in the end of, in a, of chapter 7 of, of the book of Daniel. Verse 28. Daniel says, Hitherto is the end of the matter. Now, if you remember in Ecclesiastes, Solomon said, here's the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandment. That's not what Daniel's saying here. What Daniel's saying is, this is what I know has, happened, has affected me. This is the effect that this vision has had on me. And he says, my cogitations or my thoughts or my grasp of the situation, my cogitations much troubled me. And my countenance, my demeanor, my brightness, my, my uh, cheerfulness, if you will, my countenance changed in me. But I kept the matter in my heart. So here's what happened to Daniel. He had this vision. And all that he needed to know about this vision was explained to him. But there was a lot more that wasn't explained to him. And he puzzled over his thoughts, over his grasp of the situation. And it worried him and it concerned him. So much that he said, my appearance changed. So much that you might see Daniel and What's wrong with Daniel? Something's wrong. Daniel's not as cheerful as he once was. His light's not shining as bright as it once was. But he didn't tell anybody about it. He kept the matter to himself. That's what people went through for you. Let's look also at Daniel chapter 12, uh, beginning in verse 8. Daniel writes and said, And I heard, but I understood not. Then said I, O Lord, what shall be the end of these things? You think Daniel didn't want to know? You think he didn't want to understand? He didn't have the ability to understand, but he still wanted to understand. Now I want you to notice particularly what's said in verse 9. And he who, the Lord, the Lord said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed the time of the end basically this is not knowledge that you need Daniel this is not for you this is for another time what he was speaking about is what most of the time we refer to as a parallel to what's written in the book of revelations very difficult to understand we don't even do very well with it a lot of times today but the Lord told Daniel, this is not for you. You'll be gone a long time before this information is needed. But still, Daniel wrote his words. He wrote his book. He wrote these things down. He taught these things. He spoke these things for the benefit of others. And then he accepted the fact that it wasn't for him. Now, consider 
what this means. This means that you and I who are Christians today have been served by some of the most powerful prophets in history. Moses, Samuel, David, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel. These men have served us. These men and many others have spent their lives, oftentimes they've given their lives in service to you and me so that we would have the gospel that we need today. These heroes of faith suffered a lot for their service. We, we've read about that many times. The amount of, of suffering that they went through so that the Christians who are Christians now have the word of God that we need. Let's just read a few. In Hebrews the 11th chapter, beginning in the 32nd verse, a rather lengthy reading, but it gets the point across. Hebrews 11 and verse 32. And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah, of David also and Samuel and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of a lion, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned the flight of our, the armies of the aliens. Women's re women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Quenched the fire, uh, excuse me, and others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains, and in dens and in caves of the earth. And these all, these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received it not. They didn't get it. It was not for them. They were living in a different time. But they endured all of those things so that you and I might have those promises. That those promises might become clear to us and be available to us. Does this not indicate how precious you are in the sight of God? What are you going to do with that privilege? <clears throat> we have been ministered to by the prophets of Almighty God. And consider all they endured for your sake. But do you realize that you have been ministered to by the Holy Spirit. We also find this thought expressed in our text of the evening. It was the Holy Spirit that inspired the prophets to proclaim the things to come. Peter said this in, in the, there in the first chapter in verse 11. Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, there's the Holy Spirit, which was in them did signify. The Spirit brought these things to light to the prophets. He served us. It was the Spirit who inspired David and Isaiah to write about the sufferings of Christ in Psalms chapter 22 and Isaiah 53. That was the Spirit that inspired them to, to speak and write those things. 
It was the Holy Spirit who moved the prophets to speak and write of the glory of God when it was prophesied of the resurrection of Jesus. In Psalm 16, verses 9 through 11, David writes, Therefore my heart is glad, and my glory rejoices. My flesh also shall rest in hope. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. Now notice, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is the fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures evermore. Now, what did David say? This was a long time before Jesus walked this earth. This was a long time before he was born. It was a long time before his ministry and a real long time before his crucifixion. Yet David prophesied that thine holy one, Jesus, would not stay in the grave. He won't stay there long enough for his flesh to decay. He'll be resurrected. The Holy Spirit inspired the prophets to speak and write of Jesus' ascension in the kingdom. Again, we're going to go back to the book of Daniel in the 7th chapter beginning in the 13th verse. I saw in the night visions and behold one like the Son of Man, who's that? Jesus. Came with clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days. Who's that? God the Father. He's the Ancient of Days. And they brought him nearer before him. Now notice, and there was given unto him dominion and glory and a kingdom. That's the ascension of Jesus being prophesied of long before it happened. It says that all people and nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. That was for us, folks, all the way back in the days of Daniel. That was for Christians today. Did you notice in our text of verse 12 of 1 Peter 1 that it was the Holy Spirit who inspired the apostles to reveal the kingdom? And to him, them who was revealed, that not unto themselves but unto us, they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them which have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. They did that for us. And the Holy Spirit inspired it for us, for our benefit. Jesus promised that that's what would happen when he was here on this earth. In John 16 and 13, Jesus wrote, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Jesus told the apostles that the Holy Spirit was coming. To help them. And by helping them, he serves us. Now notice what Paul said about the knowledge that had been revealed to him when he wrote to the Ephesians in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 1. Paul writes, Which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of man as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles by the prophets and the spirit. Prophets by the spirit. I'll get it out in a minute as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. It wasn't always revealed that way. But now it is. Now we have the truth. Now again, consider the effects that this has had on us. Through Jesus' ministry, through his inspiration, his revelation to the prophets and the apostles, we have been served by the Holy Spirit. 
Holy Spirit has been ministered to us. How many times in your life, I can't count how many times in my life, someone has said, I'm waiting for the Holy Spirit to tell me what to do. He's already done it. He's already done it. Stop waiting. The Holy Spirit has served you so that you will go out and try to spread the gospel as those men did in that day. Because of the Spirit, we have have the completed revelation of God's Word. We can hold it in our hand. That's the work of the Spirit. And that's only part of the work of the Spirit. Do you appreciate what the Holy Spirit has done for you throughout the ages? Is it not an indication of the value that God places on each and every soul that lives today and has lived throughout the ages? But there's another group that has served us as well and gave their lives on our behalf, and that's the apostles. This we also glean from verse 12. By them that have preached the gospel unto you. That's the apostles in that time. That's the reference to the apostles of Jesus Christ. They were commissioned, they were appointed to preach the gospel. When Jesus said in Mark 16 and 15, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And they did that. They carried out that great commission. They considered themselves as servants for those to whom they preached. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3, verses 5 through 7, that he and Apollos were just seed slingers and water boys. That's all they were. Let's read. 1 Corinthians 3, verses 5 through 7. Who then is Paul and who is Apollos but ministers by whom you believed? They ministered to you. And you believed because of them. Even as the Lord gave to every man. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Now listen to what Paul says. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither is he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Paul said, I don't matter. Apollos don't matter. What matters is that God gives the increase. But notice... Who else they were servants of? They served God, but notice in 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 5. For we preach not of ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants. Ourselves your servants. We have been served by men like Peter, James, John, Paul, Barnabas, name all the apostles they gave their lives for our sake to convince the world that our faith and their testimony is not unfounded but that Jesus indeed did rise from the dead now if you want to if you want to consider some of their sufferings further just read 2 Corinthians 11:24 through 29 and you'll read some of the things that Paul endured it's a lengthy reading but it's worth reading. And you'll see some of the things, many of the things that he endured during his apostleship. So when you think about those who spent their lives ministering to us, can you understand 
the value that Christians hold in God's eyes. And his scheme of and plan for man's salvation. You see how important you are. I want to consider one more group just briefly. Ever thought about that you have been ministered to by the angels? <clears throat> Remember verse 12, 1 Peter? Did you catch the end of that verse? Which things the angels desire to look into? You ever thought about the fact that the angels didn't understand exactly what was going on? They wanted to. They would have liked to have been able to. It wasn't for them. It was for you. It may seem a little obscure. But the angels delivered many of the things that the prophets prophesied of. And they were interested in those things. They had a lot to have looked into those things. The things proclaimed to the, by the apostles through the gospel, they had a lot to have understood those things. Why such a keen interest? Because they would have liked to for their own knowledge. They were also involved in the preaching and revealing of salvation in Christ. You know, Gabriel, the angel Gabriel, appeared to Zacharias when Zacharias was an old man and Elizabeth was an old woman. And he told Zacharias that he would have a son. And that son, would he would name that son John. We know him better as John the Baptist. And we know the, the great things that John the Baptist did as the forerunner of Christ and his preparation for the arrival of Jesus. And Gabriel told Zacharias that John would be great in the sight of God and that he would turn many people to God and away from the world. But now, notice in, in verses 18 and 19 of Luke chapter 1, notice what Zacharias asked Gabriel. And Zacharias said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? How do I know this? How do I know this is going to happen? I'm an old man, and my wife, is well stricken in years. In verse 19, And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel, that stand in the presence of God, and am sent to speak unto thee, and to show thee these glad tidings. You know, Zacharias wanted to know how this was going to happen. Why it was going to happen. Why am I going to have a son in my old age? What good is this going to do? You notice he didn't get his answer because Gabriel didn't know the answer. All Gabriel knew was that he had been commanded by God to deliver these words to Zacharias. I'm sure Gabriel wished he could have known what the answer was because he also appeared to Mary before the birth of Jesus. And he said, you're highly favored. The Lord is with you and you're blessed among women. Notice what Mary says in Luke chapter 1, verse 29. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. Didn't understand. Could you have understood? Any of our ladies that had never been married, all of a sudden an angel appears to you and says, you're going to bear a child. 
how's this going to happen? You notice that Gabriel didn't answer her question? It says you're going to bear a son, and he'll be great, and he'll be called the son of the highest, or the son of God. And the Lord God is going to give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign in the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Notice what Mary says in verse 34. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be? How's this going to happen? Seeing I know not a man. How's this going to happen? He said, The Holy Ghost is going to come upon you. The power of God will be over you. And that the holy thing that will be born of you will be called the Son of God. Now how's that for an answer to how this is going to happen? He goes on to tell her that her cousin Elizabeth is also pregnant, an old, old woman. She's also pregnant. I'm sure all of this seemed very impossible, but notice what, what uh, Gabriel says in the 37th verse. He tells her, with God, nothing is impossible. Now that's the answer. But just like the prophets, did you notice that Gabriel, what Gabriel didn't tell her? He didn't tell her that the child she was carrying would bring salvation to the world. It wasn't for them. He didn't even know. I'm sure he wanted to look into it, but it wasn't for him. So the angels were serving us, not themselves. They weren't doing it for themselves. They were doing it because God commanded it. And because it was good for those in the future time. Hebrews 1, 13 through 14. But to which of the angels said he at any time set on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool? When did he say that to the angels? I'm sure that rings a bell to you. But he didn't say it to the angels. He never said it to the angels. David wrote it in Psalms 110 and 1. And it was about Jesus. It was what God's, the Father said to Jesus. He told Jesus, sit here on my right hand till I make thine enemies to thy footstools. He never said it to the angels. Verse 14, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? They were sent to be ministers for those of us who were heirs of the salvation that Jesus would bring into the world. Now as we wrap this all up, our Father in Heaven must indeed hold His elect, His church, His children in very high regard indeed. To have them served by such distinguished company. So I ask you this evening, what's your attitude when you realize the individuals that have served you down through the ages. Powerful warriors of faith. What's it do to you? Does it stroke your ego? Do you think, well, I guess I'm pretty important then. There's nothing I need to do. I'll just sit back and wait for my reward. I've been ministered to by all these important people. Do you think you're untouchable? Or do you realize 
that all you are is blessed and that you better do something with it. Maybe you better feel like Paul felt in Acts chapter 20, verse 22. If I can get to advance here. And now behold, I go bound in the Spirit into Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. You feel bound in the Spirit. You feel like you, you don't have a choice. You have to do something to spread the gospel. That's why Paul felt. And when we realize what all has been done for us by the prophets of old, by the apostles, by the angels, by the Holy Spirit, that's how we ought to feel. Bound to go and speak the gospel. That's the service that God expects from you. You've been served by some of the greatest spiritual people in history. <clears throat> Rick said this morning that we've been undergoing some teacher training here. One of the things that we've talked about the last meeting was not making a PowerPoint slide too busy. This one's busy. And I did it because I want you to get the point. Take a look at that. That just scratches the surface. That's just the beginning of the people that have ministered to us. But the grace of God didn't reach its peak until all of these things were done and then he sent his only son to serve us as well. <clears throat> Jesus served you. Matthew 20 and 28, even as the son of man came not to be ministered to, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. You've been ministered to by the son of God. What are you going to do with that? If you could talk to all those people today, how would you respond to them for what they have done for you? Not a big deal. I deserved it. What are you going to say to them? Or will you commit your life to providing the same service through faithful obedience to God for the future generations? Will you do as Peter did? He reflected and saw all that had been done for him and now we can reflect and see all that Peter did for us will there be people in future generations look back and say because of what you did you ministered to them if you're here this evening and your subject is the gospel call why don't you start that labor why don't you start that work if you're not a member of the body of Christ, why don't you become a member of the body of Christ and start fulfilling your duty to minister to those of the future? If you have been, but you, you haven't done well and you haven't, haven't provided those things that you should provide as far as ministering to others, 
why don't you let us help you through prayer this evening and you help us through prayer to fulfill our duty and our obligations to be ministering servants to not only to God but to other people.